Nedarim Kaf Gimel, the last thing we were discussing was the importance of not getting angry, and we said that if someone vows in the name of Hashem, then we don't help it, and we saw Rabbi Zidu help the person get that vow annulled, and we saw the story with uh, Rav Sehora, he made a vow, Rav Nachman couldn't find him an opening, and he got upset at him, and then Rav Sehora opened it up for himself. If he knew the rabbi was going to get angry, he never would have vowed. And with that, we're starting, Kaf Bet Amud Bet. Second to last line, in the middle of the line, where it says, He had a vow to annul. He came in front of the Hachamim, and they started opening up with it here or there. And Did you think of this? Yes, I did. Did you think about this? Yes, I did. And this was going back and forth a few times. And the rabbis felt bad. They were going back from the sun to area to the shade area, the shade area to the sun area, meaning this was going on for a long time. And this parenthesis over here, the Masorot Hashas takes out, said it belongs later on. But this was going on for a long time, and the rabbis were having a rough time with this. And Botnit, the son of Abba Shaul, the son of Botnit, he told her, Did you vow? thinking that you're going to drive the rabbis crazy, making them go from the sun to the shade, shade to the sun, meaning on this side of the Beit Midrash to that side, it's going to take them a long time to do it. Amar lo, he says, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. Vesharyuan, they allowed the neder. And again, the Ran explains that it's not something that was just created later after the fact of the, the vow. Rather, this was something normal that sometimes vows take a long time to allow. The rabbis are going to have to go deep into it. And it's, it's normal for them to, to get involved that much, so therefore he didn't think of that at the time of the vow, and therefore they allowed it. He had a vow to annul. He came in front of the rabbis, and they told him, Did you think of this? Yes, I did. Did you think of that? Yes, I did. This was going on a few times. So there was a laundry man who saw that this was going on for a long time and the rabbis were suffering. He hit the rabbi, he hit Rabbi Shemar Rabbi with that stick that the launderers use. And Rabbi Shemar said, uh, I never vowed thinking that this guy's going to hit me with that stick. He ended up uh, allow, annulling that vow by himself. That was his opening. And how could you? That, that, you can't allow something like that. That's uh, something that was created after the fact. The, the man hitting the rabbi was after the fact. No one was thinking that the laundry guy is going to hit me with that stick at the time of the vow. We learned in the Mishnah, we're going to learn it very soon. When someone comes to get his vow annulled, we don't open up by something that happened after the fact. This is not something after the fact. He should have known that there's people who are just waiting to find an excuse to hit rabbis. And over here he saw that one rabbi is bothering the other rabbi, so that gave him an excuse to hit the rabbi for bothering the other rabbis. But really he just wants to hit the rabbi. And yes, he should have known at the time he made the vow that if the rabbis are, are going to go crazy trying to find an annulment or an opening, that this guy might beat me because uh, he has a reason to. So it's not something new, it's an old thing. The wife of Abaye had a daughter from a different husband. 
Who Amar Likrivai? He wanted this daughter married to his relatives, and he Amar and his wife wanted her to be married Likrivai to her relatives. Amar La Abayi told his wife, "Titasra hanati alachi avat adatayim savat la Likrivach." You are any benefit you have for me is going to be prohibited if you go against my word and marry her off to someone in your family. And what happened? She went against his word and she had her daughter married to someone on her side of the family. Now, Abaye comes to Rav Yosef, he wants an all that vow. And Amr then Rav Yosef said, If you knew for a fact that she was going to go against your word anyways and marry her, the daughter off to someone on her side of the family, would you have made that vow? Amar Abaye said, No, I never would have made that vow. And Rav Yosef allowed it. And the Gemara doesn't understand. And how could you annul a vow based on someone going against it? How could you allow that? The Gemara says, "In you could." We have a bright that to prove it. There was a man who made his wife vow, or he vowed his wife that she's not allowed to go up to Shalim for the holidays. And she went against his word, and she went up to the to, to the regal. She went up to Shalim for the holiday, anyways. And he came to the BOC to annul that vow. And Amar Lo, and he told me, If you knew that she was going to go against your word and go to the to the up to Yerushalayim anyways for the holidays, would you have made that vow? Amar Lo, Lo, and he told him no. Allowed that vow. And very famous Rosh over here explained that we're not talking about the, the Aliyah the regal to Yerushalayim because already in Rabbi Yossi's time there was no Bet Hamikdash and nobody was going up to Yerushalayim. Rather, we were talking about the, when he said the Aliyah the regal, we're talking about the, there was a special Shi'ur that the rabbis used to give during the holidays and even the ladies used to go and the man didn't want his wife to go and she went anyways to the class. Next, Mishnah. If a person wants to vow his friend this way, this way he can eat by him, and he tells him, All my assets are asur if you don't come to eat by me. He should really say that any vow I'm going to vow is really nullified. And as long as he remembers this at the time he's making the vow. And the Gemara starts, Okay, if a person is saying that really any vow that I'm going to make is really batel, so his friend, if he knows that whatever this guy says really means nothing, it's really just nonsense, then he's not going to listen to him anyways. He's not going to come and eat by him anyways. So the Gemara explains, no, the Mishnah's missing words, this is the way it's supposed to be written. There's two dinim in our Mishnah. Number one, if a person wants his friend to eat by him, and he's trying to push him to eat by him, and he does one of those vows, if you don't eat by me, nothing is gonna, you're not going to be able to enjoy anything from me. That's just a motivating uh, vow, and, it's not, and it doesn't stand. And another halacha, if a person wants that his vows should not stand the entire year, he should stand on Rosh Hashanah, and not really Rosh Hashanah, it could be any time in the beginning of the year or any time. He should say, any, any vow that I'm going to make, it should be nullified from now. And as long as you remember this condition uh, when you're making that vow. But the Gemara has a question. If a person remembered at the time of it, when he's making that vow that he nullified all his vows going forward, 
then what he's basically saying in a lot of words, I'm going against everything I said before, and this vow stands. So then why can't the vow stand? No, we have to say that when he made that vow, he didn't remember that condition he said at the beginning of the year. Then that, then that condition takes effect and that vow goes out the door. Now, Rabbah Amar, and this mahluk between the, the Mifrashim, is Rabbah arguing an Abaye Halachalim Aseh or not? Tosfot sounds like he's arguing, other Rishonim said he's not arguing, and even in Tosfot, there's Rabbeinu Tam who says that Rabban Abaye are not arguing. Rabbah Amar, no. No, it's like we said originally in the beginning that as long as he remembered that vow at the time when he made the vow, he may remember the condition that he made that all his vows are nonsense. And what are we dealing with here? A man made a condition on Rosh Hashanah that any vows on A, B, and C that, or any specific things, then it's not going to stand. And at the time we made the vow, he forgot what are those specific things that his vow is not going to go on. And now he's making that vow. Now, if he remembers that condition that he made on Rosh Hashanah at the time of the vow, and he said, you know they are making this uh, vow over here, but it's really, but but it's really going on what I said that condition I made on Rosh Meaning, if uh, if it happens to me that this vow is on those specific things that I mentioned, and I forgot what it is, and later on he remembered, then okay, then whatever he vowed doesn't count, and there's nothing to it because it's just it's as if he's annulling whatever he's saying right now. However, but if he didn't say that I'm vowing based on that condition I originally said, meaning he totally forgot that condition, it's as if it's as if he knocked out that condition, he totally disregarded that condition, and therefore his vow stands. And even if he remembers about it afterwards, since you didn't mention it at the time you made the vow, it's as if you disregarded it and you totally threw it out the door and, and the, the vow stands. And we have to explain that when we saw in the Mishnah that it said, Ubilvat Zahur, what do we mean, Ubilvat Zahur, that he remembered it? He actually has to say it that, I'm, that everything's going on the condition of whatever I made. And Rav Huna Bar Hinana He wanted to actually teach this condition that one could make uh, in the beginning of the year to knock out all his vows. He actually wanted to teach it in a class that everyone could hear about this. And Amar De Rabban Rabban told him Tana Kamisatem Lasetume. In our Mishnah, it, it's been covered up, and you had to do a Hisurem Hasera. Meaning, our Mishnah worked very hard to hide this halacha. Why? So that Bnei Israel wouldn't take Nedarim vows lightly. So they don't uh, disgrace it. They take it seriously. You're going to go announce it in public? Meaning to tell him, don't announce it in public. Even though that's halacha, just don't announce it in public. So, the question is, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov said in the Mishnah that a person who wants his friend to eat by him and, he, and, and he, the guy doesn't want to and he tells him, listen, everything is going to be asur if you don't eat by him. It, we, we said that this was a motivating vow and it doesn't stand. So the question is, Do rabbis uh, argue on Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov and they said, no, this is not a motivational uh, vow, rather this is a real vow. 
or not. And like the Rosh explains, listen, by uh, by buyer and seller, it's always like that. There's a back and forth. There's yelling, screaming. This one says this, that one says that. But when a person's uh, inviting his friend over, we don't go through all this. Or maybe they don't argue on him and they say, listen, uh, his friend was just trying to motivate him to come over. Let's say you want to say that they argue on him. Or not. And like the Rosh explains, even though the words of Rabbi Ezer ben Yaakov are always kav and aki, they're always clean and they're perfect, and the halakha is always like him, sometimes when hachamim have a better reason, maybe the halakha is like them. And we'll answer the question tomorrow, but we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam, amen ve'amen.